you're hearing these dulcet tones, then you know what it means. Building a Better Story World is back. Steel Tyler Filipek here to welcome all you Oneronauts out there. You dare to dream of amazing narrative universes and wish to know how they're constructed. I'm here to help with advice, case studies, and prompts that I've accrued in my time as a professor and professional in the media landscape. I want you to find your own voice, though. So without further ado, let's start her up. We've left the safety of traditional narratives for the murky waters of interactive story structure. Those who have been following along know that we started with the basics, examined the agents that control your narratives, and then highlighted their desires. It's all important stuff, and if you're taking part in the exercises, I would recommend you begin at the start of this arc so that you can develop your world in a step-by-step fashion. It's particularly vital to understanding today's topic, obstacles. We covered this from a conventional story perspective in episode 4 of this podcast, so if you're looking to examine or create a video game with strong narrative components, that's going to be a valuable resource for you, along with its case study. But obstacles in an interactive structure function a little bit differently. Remember that interactive experiences necessarily require the audience's input. If they feel like they don't have any control, they'll grow bored. On the opposite end of the spectrum, if fans are overwhelmed by the amount of power or the options they have, they'll get flustered. You have to entice the audience to continue moving forward, even when faced with decisions, rules, puzzles, and forks in the road that will create a divergent narrative that is all their own. So we have a major murder on our hands and we're in charge of the whole investigation. Since I'm newly promoted and you're the one with the experience, You'll be the one making decisions. You'll be telling me what to do and who we talk to. This gets into the difference between difficulty and challenge. While many games, both analog and digital, come with what is called variable difficulty in that participants can change the difficulty level to suit their tastes, it's more technically correct to refer to this as challenge, because players are choosing this level of variability. In a sense, they are setting the obstacles in front of themselves. A challenge is a contest, a dare, something that is designed to be overcome. Let's play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Here we go. Difficulty, on the other hand, is a hindrance. It frustrates the agent and makes them want to stop engaging. In app design, this is called friction. Discord's biggest strength is also its biggest weakness. I'm not just talking about from the point of view of somebody trying to manage one of these servers and being crippled by options, but also from the point of view of a fan who joins a community server and they're just inundated with a zoo of channels on the side. In marketing, it's a sticking point. Cost, customer acquisition costs, cost per acquisition, CPA on Facebook. Um, These things are all rising. And the more you spend, the lower your efficiency gets. That is true. What I can tell you is I can help you understand why that's true. But there are any number of different terms for it. All share the same essential ingredient. It's a deterrent that interferes with your experience rather than enhancing it. Sure, some agents love an increase in impediments, as seen in the massively popular Dark Souls series. Every fleeing man must be caught. Every secret must be unearthed. Such is the conceit of the self-proclaimed seeker of truth. But in the end, you lack the stomach for the agony that you'll bring upon yourself. But if you've been following along, you'll know why that's an exception. It's because gamers know what they're getting into with that series, and the designers are taking that into consideration. It's not difficulty, but challenges that are designed to be overcome. Difficulty sets in when the controller doesn't work. Welcome to WatchMojo.com, and today we'll be counting down our picks for the top 10 great video games with bad controls. 
or when the contrast on the TV isn't right, or when there's a patch update that takes hours to load before you can play again. This has gone haywire, it doesn't want to update. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. I'm pretty much certain it may be the hard drive is kaput. Some of these are necessary evils, but some are not. Some are binary in terms of success or failure, while others are open-ended and ongoing. Regardless of their format, get into the mindset of what your agents desire and what they do not desire. If you can continue to engage them with appropriate challenges, they'll follow your story world across every medium, platform, and decade. Just look to our case study today. Let's go! If you don't think that sports teams craft a narrative around their operations, you've got another thing coming. Only one franchise can win the championship at the end. Every other team must somehow spin their story to keep audience engagement high, even after crushing defeat. Brazil, thoroughly unforgivable performance. Germany, thoroughly unforgettable performance. It is finished in Belo Horizonte. Sometimes a team purposefully tanks in order to get high draft picks that will allow them to win in the future. It's been a tough year for the 76ers. Philly must be revived. Sam Hinkie might be long gone, but it's time to trust the process. Other times, the year ends in loss, but there was such improvement that the hope for next year is high. And as the outcome started to sink in during the final quarter, spirits did not. You know, they were not expected to do anything positive this year, so I mean, we, at least we made the playoffs. Despite the loss, it seems fans are feeling a firmer foundation for the future. These sports franchises are interactive narratives spun on the fly to such finely tuned craft that top teams are worth billions of dollars. Think about the storyline of a season. There are agents. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Desires. Yes, Namath is on the hot seat. Most of the pressure is on him. He has said that the Jets are going to win. He doesn't even predict it. He says, I guarantee a Jet victory. Obstacles. Don Shula has built this great uh, Baltimore defense to stop Joe Namath. I don't think uh, Joe is going to have that easy an afternoon. User choice. The guys that I was throwing to, they didn't drop any passes. This offensive line of New York Jets have just been superb. And rewards. The New York Jets are the world champions. They have upset the Baltimore Colts and beat them handily here today. Note how this can be broken down into months, weeks, or even a single game, with all sorts of characters contributing to the weekly storyline. All right, uh, 803-0550, 1-888-550-2550, those are the numbers. Dwayne is going to lead us off this segment. Hi, Dwayne, thanks for calling. You're on the air. All of which requires the fan. Without viewers in the stands and at home, there are no big-time spectator sports, no massive media empires, no fantasy drafts, and nothing about which to chat on Monday. Uh, so... Do you like stuff? Each of these spin-offs of Sportsmania is itself a form of interactive structure. It's a fractalized look at competition with individuals, teams, owners, and sportscasters all getting in on the act. I cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. The key word there is competition. At its heart, all sport is at least two people competing with one another for some goal. The fastest time, the fewest strokes, the most hot dogs eaten. Nathan's Famous owns July 4th. Joey Chestnut owns America. A legend already. 
The legend continues. Number 11 for Joey Chestnut here at Nathan's. Unbelievable. Without some standard, team, or opposition, sports would be a lot more boring. Sure, one can drive golf balls, play singleton racquetball, and skate on one's own, but it's not nearly as engaging as facing off against someone, some team, or some other measure of success. In this, we can see how overcoming obstacles are required for interactive storytelling. The challenge is a part of the fun. The burden is shifted from a protagonist to the agent. When all is said and done, the narrative that is spun highlights the choices, successes, and struggles that the user faced. So let's get to your users and the challenges they face. I want you to first write down a pitch paragraph for whatever interactive experience you're working on. It's not so important to get all the details right as it is to give a good, broad overview so that you can understand what you're trying to create from a bird's eye view. Is it a game of some sort? A campaign? An amusement park ride? An event? What is the basic progress that a user takes? Who is it for? These are just some ideas. You can write this paragraph however you want. After that, I want you to write down at least five challenges that your users will face as they progress through your experience. One should be fairly simple, a training level, or a tutorial, or a safety video before people board your ride. Watch your head as you step into the time travel vehicle. Once in, slide to the furthest seat. Another one should be pretty challenging. Few people will actually overcome this particular challenge. It's for the diehards, the regulars, the people who want to challenge themselves in your narrative universe. It could be a mystery that only the most knowledgeable of fans can figure out, or a trophy that can only be achieved by breaking a hard task, or a gift in your rewards program that only the top users will get. You get lifetime executive status. You get to meet the chief pilot, Maynard Finch. Wow. And they put your name on the side of a plane. Men get such hard-ons from putting their name on stuff. You guys don't grow up. It's like you need to pee on everything. Oh, now who's stereotyping? The other three should be somewhere in between, but I would recommend you take a good, long look at your experience and think about your users. Do they simply want to engage in a fun diversion? Are they looking for a challenge? Group your three other challenges somewhere on the spectrum between easy and difficult, based on what your users want. Most sports fans are strictly casual, for instance. They don't have season tickets and they don't buy too much merchandise. They just want to have fun on their own or with a few friends or family members in front of a TV or in person. For them, the challenges are the trivia held in between innings or trying to snatch a foul ball or getting autographs. How could you facilitate something like this? Some sports fans are super fans, of course. They manage multiple fantasy sports teams. They read blogs about up-and-coming prospects. They chat in forums or argue with sports journalists or with each other. Henry Aaron was the greatest right fielder of our generation. Could he run like Clemente? Could he throw like Clemente? Look, I'm going to say one thing to you, okay? 755 home runs. Good sports teams know what their individual fan base is like, and they try to accommodate all sides. You should do something similar with your experience, and you can have more than five challenges that your agents may face. But start generally and then expand. You want to make sure you're giving your audience a path upward from simple challenges to complex challenges. Both a gradual increase in challenge and a steep difficulty curve are perfectly fine, so long as that's what your audience wants. Finally, for each challenge, I want you to write three sentences. The first sentence should be why you think this challenge will be fun for your audience. What is it that will engage your particular fandom so that they're clamoring for more? The second sentence should be about your story world. How are you making sure that this challenge reflects the intrinsic nature of your story world? If it's for adults, is it appropriately aimed at their intellect? If it's for kids, is it easy enough for them to understand? If your story world is complex or simple or dark or bright, how are each of these challenges reflective of that bit of your universe? Finally, I want you to write a sentence playing the devil's advocate. Genuinely get into the mindset of a hater. What will they say to denigrate your work? Don't be shy. Get into the mind of a mean, mean person. You don't have to accommodate them. In fact, you shouldn't. You should accommodate the lovers. 
but being prepared for the haters and what nasty things they say about you and your work will gird your loins in such a way that when someone tweets out something that feels ill-natured or improperly placed, you can brush it off or respond appropriately. That's the difference between the fun you're creating and the irritation. If you're creating pie and someone wants gazpacho, well, that's their problem. If you're creating gazpacho and someone says that you haven't given them a spoon, that's your problem. Differentiating between challenge and difficulty is critical to interactive design. Aside from a few exceptions, what your audience doesn't want is straight-up difficulty. Think about all the annoyances that face a sports fan. When going to a game, there's traffic, parking, lines for the bathroom, prices for food, and drunks. At home, there are overly long commercials, blackout dates for viewing, an inability to look anywhere but where the camera is pointing, or to which feed the director is cut, and blowhard announcers. Yeah, you can't use your shoulder to catch a football. You've got to get your hands out there every night, and I'm out there with my kids working on catching the football. They want to use their body. It's just a natural instinct as a human being, but you've got to learn to be able to put the ball in your hands. This makes it seem like there's nothing good about sports, but of course that's not the case. Billions of fans worldwide come together every four years for the World Cup, despite the massive corruption of FIFA. The World Cup is one of my favorite things, but it's organized by these guys. FIFA. FIFA is a comically grotesque organization. In fact, telling someone about the inner workings of FIFA for the first time is a bit like showing someone two girls one cup. You, you do it mainly so you can watch the horrified expression on people's faces. Because, despite the difficulty that watching a game halfway around the world presents, the intrinsic thrills and challenges in which a fan engages outweigh the frustration. People make excuses to engage in an interactive experience that they like. Consider how many video game franchises churn out the same old, same old every year and yet are met with continuous success. It is the same with perennial laughingstock sports teams. If handled correctly, people like supporting these underdogs, even understanding the difficulties that face them, year in and year out. Of course, if this goes on for too long or else audiences feel like their tastes don't matter, people will turn. Going up against the same challenges again and again is not nearly as frustrating as facing the same difficulties. All interactive experiences need mechanisms in place in order to deal with fan backlash because, by and large, interactive experiences are more expensive to produce than non-interactive media. Consider a comic book and an interactive comic book. Both require art and writing. But the interactive version must also take into account gameplay, mechanics, branching storylines, hosting or server space, and much else. Audiences are willing to pay a premium for such an experience, be it in the form of a trip to Disney World versus a trip to your local amusement park, or a $60 video game versus a $2 movie rental, but that also means that people expect premium service. Every difficulty that fans face, then, is a chance that your experience will break your fans' resolve to continue. For sports teams, this could mean ticket prices, or overly long lines at security, or any number of things that may be required but come at the cost of the audience's patience. What are the difficulties that will beset your experience? If you're taking part in the prompts, I want you to look back to your paragraph detailing your experience and, just like before, write down five elements. This time, however, these should be difficulties rather than challenges. What are the annoyances and necessary evils that will come with your experience? Just as before, I want you to write down one that's minor and one that's major, then figure out three that fall somewhere in the center. Unlike last time, however, I want you to think about how aggravating these difficulties are. Be realistic. You may think that internet speed isn't a big deal because you've got a great connection, but maybe your audience isn't as lucky. Err on the side of caution here. Overconcern yourself with the difficulties your audience might face. 
You can't plan for every contingency, but if you're thinking of them, you'll be more prepared than the person who thinks everything is going to go right. And that's the next stage of our prompt. For each of these difficulties, I want you to write down two ways that you will make sure that these difficulties are as unobtrusive as possible. You won't be able to do away with every issue that emerges from your audience. You will be able to think through the big ones. As examples, if you're dealing with an online experience, how can you mitigate lag, advertising pop-ups, and other things that plague the space? If you're dealing with a Kickstarter, how can you plan for shipping issues, delays, or setbacks before they happen? If you're creating a live event, what are the main issues that your security team will face, and how can you resolve them quickly and quietly? Whatever these difficulties you will face may be, thinking through them is more important than any single piece of advice I can give. Your career is going to take many twists and turns. You may find yourself in a medium, industry, or nation that you never expected. You may suddenly find yourself thrust into the limelight, as have so many stars before your time. Being prepared for success and failure is critical to understanding those obstacles that face your career and yourself. For now, though, you've done well. You've thought through the fun challenges that are intrinsic to your property and the difficulties that will inevitably beset it. You're more than halfway through our arc of interactive design. Tune in next episode as we talk about user choice, how it gives agents their agency, and how far you need to go in order to give people what they want. Until then, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or any fine podcatcher. You can also find us at babsw.buzzsprout.com with lots of past episodes to boot. Reach out to me at Words of Steel or at Building ABSW on Twitter. I'll see you there along with all the other dreams. Building a Better Story World is written, produced, recorded, and sound engineered by Steel Tyler Filipek. The theme song, Asia, is by Ilya Marfin via icons8.com. All narrative clips are used under the Fair Use Doctrine, as defined by Title 17 of the United States Code, subsection 107, in that they are used for nonprofit educational work for the purpose of analysis, have been transformed from their initial records by audio engineering for podcasting, and are not substantive of the entire work or function as a direct market substitute. Audio effects are provided by freesound.org under the Creative Commons license. If you feel that this production has unfairly used a piece of audio to which you own the rights, please contact helmstarmedia at gmail.com.